0: Welcome to the lifepurpose.com podcast.
1: The number one podcast in the entire cosmos for empowering and inspiring you to live your life's purpose.
0: My name is Hema Alman.
1: And I'm Gabriel Sarah.
0: And today's episode is about how your weirdness liberates others to live their life purpose. I have a beautiful story to share about purpose this morning again i went for a walk as always and every morning when i go for a walk i hug some trees and i take my time to ground and be barefoot and just sit with some trees and hug them and take in the wisdom and the support and the strength that the trees provide and I find it to be so grounding and so energizing and clearing for my body for my mind and for my spirit and there are always runners and hikers and walkers that pass by me and today there was one lady and she was going for a run and i knew that she saw me just standing with the tree for like two or three minutes and not moving and when i finished hugging the tree and I continued on my walk, I saw the lady hugging a tree and she did the same thing that I did. And she was just standing there. She didn't move. She didn't look left. She didn't look right. She was just fully present with the tree and she took her time hugging the tree. And I couldn't help but tell her, yes, yes, take in the powerful energy of the trees. That's what I said to her. And then she looked at me and she said, thank you for reminding me about the power of the trees and how important it is really yes she said i saw you and you reminded me about the wisdom and the power and the healing medicine of the trees and we all should do this more often we go to the pharmacy and get medications when all we need to do is do that. And I'm sharing this story because the message that came through so loud and clear for me was, this is what it means to live your purpose. It means to be as you are in your truth, in your rawness, in your vulnerability, in your authenticity, and express that wherever you are with whoever you're with. And strip away the fear, the shame or the guilt or the maybe anxieties of being different or the anxieties of standing out. Just be you. And with that, you are serving your purpose to the highest level, more than you can think. It's not a complicated thing to live your purpose. All it means is be you and own that. And with that, you are automatically assisting others to remember more of who they are.
1: You weren't always like that though, hugging trees, correct?
0: No, but I was always surrounded by nature and the forest. And I had tree houses when I was younger.
1: But there was a time where hugging trees was maybe for you embarrassing or you were self-conscious to do this?
0: Yes, there was a time where I would feel weird (laughs) doing it, but I just had to get over myself because it feels so good to me and it is medicine to me, it is therapy to me. So I just got to do this without wasting any fearful thought of what other people are going to think about me.
1: And you only really started doing this tree-hugging thing maybe in the last three, Three, four years. years.
0: The conscious tree had it hugging, yes.
1: What do you mean by that?
0: I'm sure in the past, I was hugging trees, just not fully present, not fully conscious. I would lean on a tree or I would sit down on a tree
1: That doesn't trunk. count. That does not count. I mean, I'm talking about like you're facing the tree, your chest is on the tree, your arms are wrapped around the tree. Yeah. And you're intentionally like giving love. Having some tree. intimacy with the tree. Yeah. You only started doing that in the last three to four years.
0: Yes, because I needed the medicine of the forest, literally. I I needed the medicine of earth to keep me grounded during some very
1: uh, turbulent times. Well, was that, was that the time when you had that really bad skin breakout, you think, and you couldn't move for a while, and then you started to, like, you got the healing? Is that around the wrong time?
0: Even before that, I was already doing that. But my body was telling me and literally screaming to me, I need to be out in nature. Get my body to the earth.
1: But this was definitely, you started doing this thing like after we met. I know that's for sure. Because I remember when you first started to do it and we were living, yes. Yeah, we were living here by that time and even when we first came here, so it was only in the like last two years, when we first came here, and you were still self-conscious about hugging trees, but you kept practicing at doing that. And now it's a natural thing for you. And I could see the difference in you because I remember that. I do remember the time where it was odd for you, and then it became normal for you to do that. Let me ask you, what was the... What was the moment or the decision that made you say, "I'm just going to start hugging trees now"? Do you remember that? I don't. Do you have you have any why to hug trees?
0: Yeah, as I was saying, I needed the medicine and the healing energy of Mother Earth and nature and the trees. And the trees are they're here to assist you. Hu- they're here to assist humans. They're here to help us. They They're here to keep us grounded. They're here to keep us grounded to nature and to our truth. They are wisdom keepers. And there's so much more than just trees. There's so much more than just wood. It's all conscious and I just needed the tree medicine. That's all I can say. I needed the tree medicine to stay sane.
1: Right, because that was around the time that when we first came here, we had that screaming boy who still to this day occasionally screams and goes hysterical. There was... There was a lot of other factors, too. There was so much going on. That you needed to be grounded. I, so you started to do that tree-hugging practice. Yes. Right. I remember that.
0: And I, I was going through a massive spiritual rebirth, a rebirth on all levels, and... Being outside in nature and doing the tree hugging, walking barefoot, I would say literally saved my life and saved me from having anxiety and panic attacks. At LifePurpose.com, it is our purpose to support, guide and empower you, the big ones, in living your life's purpose. To receive powerful daily meditations and mentoring for your life's purpose Join our premium membership and claim your seven-day free trial by clicking the link in the description or visit lifepurpose.com directly. And now back to the episode.
1: So if you can remember back to this time when you first started walking barefoot in the forest and hugging trees, yes or no, did you have people looking at you strange and laughing at you?
0: I had people look at me, I could feel their eyes on me. And occasionally I would hear some comments. Like what? Like a lady, uh, was running past me and she saw me and she said to her friend, Oh, what is she doing? Is she praying to the tree? Is she worshiping the tree?
1: Right. And she said that probably loud enough for you to hear it.
0: Yes. And I responded to her. She didn't expect that. I said, the tree need love too.
1: What may have been ironic about that is that what if that was the same lady that made that comment that hung the tree today? Like, can you imagine? Can you imagine that?
0: I could, but that wasn't the case. But I-, I said to that lady, I said the trees need love too, and then she was surprised by my response. And then I could see in her face that she started to think about what I was saying. And then she she responded, "Hmm, yeah, that's actually a good point." something like that
1: (laughs) so you had this moment where you were self-conscious you were embarrassed to then having this practice where you would do this you would walk barefoot you would hug trees and I even remember too when I started walking barefoot I would have people look at me like that was really strange you know to now where it's like people don't even think about it they're just so Maybe
0: because you don't think about it anymore.
1: Exactly. Maybe because I don't think about it. Maybe just the outer world just reflects that. It's just like not a big deal. But you had brought up a really good point about because you were just being yourself, because you were just, it's part of who you are now. At first, it was not part of who you are. That's why you felt weird. That's why it felt unnatural to you. It's the same thing like with the way that we're structuring the business and the way that we're operating the business and the way that we're holding the meetings. I remember a time where for you, it was very uncomfortable for your mind and you had a lot of resistance. You didn't understand, well, why do I have to do this? Why do we have to? Because there's a reason why we're doing this so that we can make progress because we both have the same goal. And now at this stage, where we're really in a really good flow state because we've been doing this as a habit and so you had brought up this connection with hugging the trees you inspired someone to then do that same thing when i hear you say that i think about now Greta Thunberg and how because she really made like the awareness of climate change so mainstream now now there's a whole bunch of younger kids that are doing their part now to defend the planet. And I remember talking about on one of the previous podcasts, these two uh teenagers that they were in a museum and they threw a can of tomato soup on a very expensive million dollar, multi-million dollar Picasso or whatever. Painting, and they were basically saying, "How dare you put more value in a piece of art than on the planet?" And I don't know if those those women, those young women, would have done that had it not been for Greta Thunberg. You get what I'm saying?
0: I totally get what you're saying, and that was the message that came through. In addition to yes, just be who you are. And if everyone does it, it's no longer weird. And then you not hugging the tree, you become then the weirdo, you know. All it takes is someone to make the first step and to be seen in doing something different. And a lot of people, they are subconsciously waiting for a leader. They're subconsciously waiting for someone to step up and do something different because a lot of people may still live in fear.
1: I think it's the same thing, too, for mama and the fact that I'm talking about, you know, like, for example, this past weekend, we were at one of your relatives, your uncle had a wedding. He was getting married. And I know that I was talking to some people, some of your cousins about the dog and how Mm -hmm. she is going to be a therapy dog and how I channeled her energy before she was born. And that she wants to be a a healer dog and she wants to provide emotional support and help us pour forth great love with the cacao medicine. And I'm sure that for some people that's very unusual, as well as when I'm sure that you've told people she she eats a vegetarian diet. I know that there are some people that believe that dogs are carnivores, but they're not, that they're omnivores. So they can, and Mama is proving it, she she is doing incredibly well on a vegetarian diet. She doesn't need meat for survival. So that's like breaking an idea for probably a lot of people that are like, wow, I thought dogs need meat, and I thought dogs need kibble, and I thought dogs need this, and I thought dogs need that. And it's the same thing too, like with the lady, the runner this morning for you she said to you you reminded me that I have to do this more often had you not been there at that particular moment doing that particular thing would she have done that probably not exactly and then if you think about this because you were there doing the thing that you do as part of your ritual this is part of who you are now this is part of your purpose is to Inspire people to become more of who they are and to express their creativity because you have done that work, because it's so normal now to you. That lady responds in kind. She does what you're doing. She models you. But now ask yourself this question. What happens if she decides to now do that as part of her lifestyle? Exactly. Right? What Does she now do that on an everyday basis whenever she goes into the forest and do other people now see her and if other people now see her do they then start to hug the trees and if they start to then hug the trees and then they have a new group of people that that see them hug trees well those people now hug trees so it creates like this chain reaction effect is what I'm saying and when it comes to purpose this makes me think like in the last few years I remember the time when I had the YouTube channel and there was very few people talking about purpose living your life purpose and I was creating video content on this and then as you said around that same time you got this insight to start creating videos around life purpose too right yes and you happened to find my videos on my purpose, yes?
0: Yes. I uploaded my th- very first video on my YouTube channel. I still remember the title of the video, "Free Steps to Finding Your Life Purpose. And then I found you on the suggested video list.
1: And this was back in 2018. Do you remember how many people were talking about life purpose at this time back in 2018?
0: I did not find a lot of people, at least not on YouTube, speaking about purpose.
1: Now it's a little bit more, it's coming up there.
0: I'd say so, yeah.
1: But before, back then, it wasn't a lot. And that's exactly the point that I'm making here. At one point, there's not a lot of people doing it. And then they see someone doing it. And then they think to themselves, oh, maybe I should do that too. And then those people do it. And then it creates this, it becomes the norm, Yes. It becomes part of the mainstream of consciousness. Hmm. That's the point.
0: And that's how new industries are being born. Explain that. So we speak, we mentioned Tony Robbins many times on our podcasts. And whatever he did with, he basically created a new industry, in my opinion, the self-development industry. He brought it to a new level. He brought it to a new level with some Plus, with some with some others with some others.
1: Cause, cause he learned from Jim Rohn.
0: Yes, but I am saying, um, let's say, let's say even twenty years ago, I cannot say that something like the self development industry was around.
1: It was, but it was probably like for top level, super top level.
0: It was not mainstream. It was not a. Ma- it was not a mainstream thing. It
1: was not like something where even the average Joe could go on a YouTube, for example, and then binge watch a whole bunch of personal development, self development stuff. Exactly. Like I just so yeah. Exactly. So. Your point.
0: And now I would say in the last five to ten years, the coaching industry and the personal development industry and people are finding jobs and making money in that industry has gone up significantly. So my point is, anything can be made mainstream and new ways of careers and new um, industries can be born at any time and can be made mainstream anytime.
1: You know, as soon as you say that, I cannot help but think of Robert Kiyosaki, the author of Rich dad, poor dad. And I remember there was this one interview that he had where he was basically saying something very similar to you. And he said that at the time where he was growing up, learning about entrepreneurship and financial literacy was very exclusive information. You know, today it's like, I couldn't say it's a common sense thing. But for me, it's like there's there's nothing new with learning about assets and liabilities and how to differentiate the two and how to minimize your liabilities and improve and increase your assets. And you do that with passive income streams. That's like a no-brainer now. I remember at the time when I was learning it, I was like, oh, wow, that's a light bulb because that's not how I grew up. And Robert Kiyosaki was saying that at the time that he was growing up, his rich dad, which is not his real dad, but his quote-unquote rich dad, who was an entrepreneur, who was a very successful businessman, he showed him how to do this. He opened the door for him. It was the same thing like with you, hugging the tree for the lady. Mm -hmm. You show them how to make it happen, and then they then take it to the next level.
0: You show them that there
1: is a new door. Yes, exactly, and that's exactly what, happened for Robert Kiyosaki, and he was saying that there was a stage of his career where he saw the younger generation not having financial literacy because obviously that's not going to be taught in public schools, and so he made the decision, okay, I've got to figure out a way how to tell this story and teach financial literacy to the younger generation so in that in the next, like you said, 20 years from now, 20 to 30 years from now, the generation that then grows up is then learning about financial literacy. And so that's what he did with them, Rich that Poor Dad books. And then today, I mean, there's just so much information on... Passive income streams, turning side hustles into passive income streams, how to leverage technology to make several streams of passive income. You can have affiliate marketing, you can have courses, you can you can be a public speaker, you can be a brand, you can start a company, you can start a SaaS, software as a service, you can do anything now. And all the information is out there. And even now, another industry is now being born at this time, and that's artificial intelligence. And I would even go as far as to say, there is another industry that is being born now that can eventually become a mainstream concept. And that is creating your own job through your purpose, through your life purpose. Not just taking a side hustle how do I make a certain amount of money in affiliate marketing and do a passive. No, I'm talking about your life purpose. And you know, I'm we're having this conversation right now. We're doing this podcast right now, but really like wrap your head around this. Because we're making this particular episode, because we're talking about this particular subject on what you do can affect someone else in a very powerful and impactful way. Imagine 30 years from today, if you consistently produce content that talks about purpose, that combines both the spiritual element as well as the real world, quote-unquote, real world element, and you find a way to bridge the two, and you now introduce that to the next generation, what would... The the world look like 30 years from now because you did that work, because you hugged the tree today and you got so comfortable with hugging the tree because we're talking about, hey, even dogs have purpose. Even everything has purpose. The trees need love, too. The trees have purpose. If you start to talk about that very comfortably and openly, how is that going to affect someone else and how will they affect someone else because of that?
0: Yeah, You said it perfectly. You said you are now hugging trees so comfortably when first it was uncomfortable. And that shows me that anything that is uncomfortable to you, at one point, it's going to become your new comfort zone. So just always expand your quote unquote comfort zone and be comfortable with the uncomfortable until it gets comfortable. <laughs> and then other people are going to feel that comfort from you. And it's going to give them the courage to leap into the unknown as well. Like that lady, there was something about her look in her face when she hugged the tree, but then she looked at me and it was almost like she felt a huge relief. And it was like, thank you. In a sense, thank you for giving me the permission slip to not feel stupid hugging the tree
1: oh yeah i even remember back in 2000 late it was late 2017 and this is when i first started, started taking psychedelics i remember my first mushroom journey and i remember around that time there was very little very few people talking about this and obviously to take psychedelics in in the majority of the mainstream idea is oh you're taking drugs you're you're a drug addict and I remember my first ayahuasca experience back in 2018 and since that time how many people have now taken ayahuasca you know I was one of the first people to talk about and document my my journey to Peru going and taking ayahuasca and then because of that I had older people that were working these full-time jobs that asked me personally, would email me asking me about their, their like taking ayahuasca and taking psychedelics. And this was around the time where I had the YouTube channel. A couple of people actually reached out to me and asked me questions about this and one of the people that went on to go and take ayahuasca today they have officially retired from their matrix job and now they're pursuing shamanism as their as their purpose. The life purpose of a shaman I'm telling
0: you that video activated a lot of people.
1: Oh yeah I'm I, telling and it's got in the last few years it's got almost fifty thousand views now. And you know now people know about iboga. Now people know about ayahuasca. Now people know about San Pedro. Now, about, And I've talked about some of these topics, you know. And obviously there have been other YouTubers as well that started talking about these subjects, you know. And it's, it's now becoming more and more accepted. And now there's more and more evidence that shows, yeah, psychedelics is actually really helpful for you. It's actually really, really helpful for your psychology and for your mental well-being and you know i know that for some people they say oh but you don't need psychedelics well that's your argument that's great for you but i am here to take a shortcut and how to figure out my psychology and psychedelics has helped me do this and so like i get it because i did my part to hug my tree with taking psychedelics and then talking about this openly on YouTube, on my YouTube channel at the time that enabled someone else that enabled a couple of people to be like, Oh wow, I'm going to see this, you know? And if 10,000 people saw that video, you know, like what did it do for those people that saw that video? If more and more people saw you hugging trees or more and more people saw people in general hugging trees, what would that do for other people? So I totally get that point, and I totally understand the point of it becoming now more mainstream. Now, my question to you is, what does it take, or what did it take you? That's the better question. What did it take you, Hema, to go from feeling embarrassed and self-conscious about hugging this tree to now you do it every single day? And there can be a whole bunch of people walking by you and from what I have seen, even if there are people walking by you, it's not even a big deal. They don't even they don't even look at you anymore. And I and I seen the difference between the two. There was a time when they would and it would be strange for them. To so now it's like Yeah, whatever. What's the difference? What did it take you?
0: I just needed to do it over and over again and be okay to feel uncomfortable until it no longer felt uncomfortable.
1: (laughs) So you did it as a habit?
0: I just continued to do it because I I knew I needed it. It was therapy for me, it still is, it's medicine. And why would I forbid myself to do that? And it's just doing it over and over again, even if it feels uncomfortable having people stare at you in the beginning, I was just letting it be and breathing through the uncomfortableness, but not being attached to it. And at one point, the uncomfortable or awkward or weird feeling was gone.
1: I remember even for me, too, the time when I first started drinking my urine. And this was around the time when we first met. And I remember that since that time, I kept up with the habit and the pattern of drinking my urine in the morning and now i mean i'm grateful that i have done that i had dreams at first where i was like in the spirit world and like maybe my spirit guides or extraterrestrials were telling me hey drink from the gold fountain or drink from fountain of gold drink from the fountain of gold right Basically. that's what they were doing
0: in ancient egypt like the the high the high ranking people they were doing that as medicine as to treat themselves
1: right and now to to see all the scientific data back that hey drinking your urine urine therapy or urotherapy therapy is like really really life-changing and it's very helpful for you you know i remember when your mom first learned that i was drinking my urine it was like whoa that's like that's so odd right but i think now especially at this stage now that information and the the benefits of drinking your urine now are now becoming more and more accepted. Maybe it maybe it isn't, maybe it's still strange for a lot of people, I don't know. But it's the same concept where it was like, for me at that time in 2017, 2018, that was strange. That was the equivalent of me hugging trees in public. And then to not only drink my urine in private, but then to actually publicly talk about that. And now to actually talk about this on the podcast, right? So you've got this guy that drinks his pee, walks barefoot, and takes psychedelics and all this other stuff, right? That can be strange for some people, but I think now we are evolving consciously to where we're understanding the impact that this does actually have because everything does have a consciousness. And the things that the mainstream society said was once good for you we're finding out is actually nope. that's actually bad for you and the stuff that the mainstream society is saying oh that's so strange and that's isn't that gonna hurt your feet or isn't that gonna hurt you is actually nope that's actually really good for you you were just being lied to you know and i think you're right i think it does take just that one person that can get past that discomfort and do it as a habit And do it to the point where they're so comfortable doing it that it's like, you're just automatically convincing someone like, yeah, this is just normal. This is just what I do. You know, this is just what I do. Like at one time, again, the urine thing was very odd. It was unnormal. It was strange. Now it's normal. Walking barefoot for you. That was strange. Now it's normal. Hugging trees. That was strange. Now it's normal. Talking about life purpose. Talking about God's plan for you. Talking about you as a spiritual being here on earth. You chose to come here at a time where earth and humanity and all of nature, all of life needed you the most. You as a big one have volunteered to come here. That's the point of today's episode. It may be strange to talk about this, but we are at a critical time in our collective evolution, and much like the song that you shared with me the other day about the Hopi tribe, much like the information or the message of the song that we're in the 11th hour, guys. We are at a time where great changes have to be made now. There is no more tomorrow. There is no more waiting. It is time to unleash your bigness. It is time to awaken that bigness. It is time to express that bigness. And it is now time to impact and give all the other big ones the permission slip that they need to express themselves, to bring out their greatness, to bring out their gifts and make their contribution so that we may see a new earth manifest here in this lifetime. So that we may see the golden age come to fruition here and now. And that—that that is perhaps... Uncomfortable to speak about or to hear or to listen to, but I guarantee you, this is the permission slip that a lot of our big ones have been waiting for. So, when we talk about extraterrestrials, we talk about Palladians, Anunnaki, Syrians, Arcturians, we talk about urine, drinking your pee, hugging trees, whatever it is. Guess what, guys? We're here for the big dance. We're here for the big game. We came here to play the big game. As the big ones. Do you understand what I'm saying now? There's no more hiding this. There's no more turning away from this. There's no more, I can't find the right words to express this. There is no more of, but it's it's uncomfortable to hug this tree in front of this stranger that I don't know because I am self-conscious and I am embarrassed whether or not they're gonna look at me or they're gonna laugh at me. You guys get it now. We are in a very critical time.
0: Yes, and it requires all of us to come out of hiding, with our natural abilities, with our uniqueness, with our gifts, and with our superpowers that are activating. And what is time? And when, Emma? when you say superpowers, what actually are
1: you saying?
0: I'm talking about clairvoyance, telepathy. I'm talking about being able to see the future, see the past, being able to, like, all um, the extrasensory
1: abilities. Like, basically, are you saying that we're like X-Men and we're just getting to the stage of our consciousness where we're awakening to this? Yes,
0: like Neo from The Matrix.
1: We all have
0: what was once perceived supernatural abilities, like you can see the future or see the past and actually know things in advance before they happen or you um what else (laughs) clairvoyance clairsentience
1: clairaudience clairaudience well that's just the beginning that's just the beginning yeah there's there's so much more there is so much more there's so much there's there's the like when we went to Tibet there's Milarepa's cave right for those of you that don't know who Milarepa was this person was a master They figured out how to bend reality and warp this matrix. And somewhere in Tibet, there is this cave called Milarepa's Cave. And this Milarepa was able to show his students how to bend technology, how to bend the technology of the matrix. And what what you see in this cave is handprints, handprints in stone. How is it possible that we have today Shaolin monks able to do some of the most incredible, extraordinary, unbelievable things that defy logic, that defy what is, what a human would have thought was incapable? of doing. It is possible. How is it possible that there are videos of people starting fires with their hands, channeling their chi, channeling their heat energy, their life force energy, starting fires.
0: This may actually bring me to a whole new topic. We may not go into this today, but this is so important to talk about too. How do we channel and master our life force energy for our life purpose? This is about energy mastery to live your purpose at the highest level, but that may be for next time.
1: That's that's probably all connected because if you think about this, that took you a certain amount of energy or consciousness or uh, evolved consciousness to be able to transcend that old identity of yourself, that old ego version of yourself that feared or maybe was afraid to or self-conscious or embarrassed to hug a tree in public, you know? And that's the irony of it. That's the irony of it. Because you had that fear, you held back from something that has now inspired someone else to do that same thing. But because you now transcended that, you now have inspired someone to do the same. And so it's like you are mastering your technology you are mastering your energy to inspire others you know i wouldn't say that the lady that's like i don't know if that's a life purpose thing but you definitely inspire the lady to to hug your tree but i tell you what what if that lady does keep hugging that tree What if she then starts to have like these ideas or these insights because she's hugging the tree about like meditation and about purpose. And the next thing you know- She becomes a professional tree hugger. Who knows? Maybe (laughs) even you see her again and then you have a conversation. And maybe then this time you say, hey, yeah, I help people with their life purpose. I have this company that helps people with their life purpose. And then what if that gets her To have a light bulb going off moment. What if that explodes her brain and she's like, wow, what am I doing with my life? Like the other person in the forest, like the other person in the forest. What if having that moment where you break the ice, so to speak, and you go beyond the comfort zone and you talk about the things that a lot of people are not going to talk about. And then you talk about the purpose thing. And the next thing you know... That person is like, yeah, like, I'm not happy. I'm not fulfilled. I'm working this job that I don't want to work and I'm getting older. What do I do with my life? And there are, I guarantee you, there are a lot of people that are like that. And if they are listening to this episode today in particular, I cannot stress enough. The importance of taking that first step, doing the thing that is very uncomfortable. And then Hema, just like you said, doing it over and over and over again as a habit, as a daily ritual, as part of who you are, until it becomes so normal to you that maybe, just maybe, you inspire someone else. And then maybe, just maybe, they inspire someone else. And then maybe, just maybe, the thing that was weird and not mainstream becomes mainstream.
0: The story about the Tree hugging is also so important about purpose because collectively as humans, it is our destiny to remember our purpose with the earth and with nature. And it is our destiny to remember our connection, our sacred connection that we have with mother earth and all of nature. And it is our destiny to go back to our roots. And that is our collective purpose. It is to remember the wisdom and the knowledge and the 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 secrets that are coming back to life through nature, through the elements, through the trees. And our collective purpose is to go back to
1: nature. What exactly does that mean, going back to nature?
0: Like the lady that was passing by me and started to hug a tree. And she said, thank you for reminding me to go back to nature. She said, we as humans, we go to the pharmacy to buy stuff, to treat our bodies from illness, when all we need to do is go back to nature. She said it quite literally. Nature has everything that we need. We are part of nature. We are one with nature. And The artificial world, in a sense, has created capitalism to blend humans from going outside themselves to pay for something that they probably don't even need, when all we need to do is remember our roots with Mother Nature, to remember that the medicine is in nature, it's not anywhere outside of nature, and that is our collective purpose that every individual remembers their sacred connection with the medicine of earth and with the natural forces and the natural wisdom and the natural medicine and the natural nurturing that mother earth and all of nature provides for humans.
1: I wouldn't necessarily agree with that. I wouldn't say that our, that's our collective purpose. I would say that our collective purpose is to ascend as a consciousness. It's part of our collective purpose. I would say that it is part maybe because obviously the return to nature and the understanding of that is that we are one with nature is to require us to evolve our consciousness.
0: Yes. And with that, if we all collectively remember that we are part of nature, the pollution of the earth will cease to be. The consumption, the overeating, the imbalance of of resources, it will stop as a result of people remembering their sacred connection with nature. And the exploitation of nature would stop. The misuse of resources would stop. Because all of that imbalance was a result of people losing their connection with nature and not being conscious That nature, the elements, the trees, the grass has actually a consciousness and I am part of that. And if I abuse and if I exploit nature, I am exploiting myself. And that's where we are today as a collective. The imbalance that you see from the climate change to um, starvation is all a result of of people not remembering their sacred connection with the earth. And what we're our ancestors doing and the the indigenous, they knew about their sacred origin and their sacred connection with Mother Earth and with all of nature. For them, it was natural to communicate with Earth. For them, it was natural to communicate with the animals and with the elements. They could see and foreshadow um, nature cat- catastrophes. They could foreshadow and see Um, of certain timelines and when they would happen because they were so in tune with nature and the earth. I'm just saying that it is part of humanity's purpose to remember their connection with nature for the golden age and for the new earth. The new earth and the people and the consciousness in the new earth, they are remembering that they are one with mother earth. And they know that everything on this planet has a consciousness, whether it's a tree or it's a flower or it's a person. And it's about treating everything with respect and with a sacred manner.
1: So what would you say to our big ones then who are listening to today's episode and are resisting doing the thing that they know that they shouldn't do to evolve Not only their consciousness, but the main stream of consciousness.
0: Embrace that, what you find uncomfortable and embrace the resistance, do it anyway, and it will be your freedom and it will be the freedom of those around you and others. And remember that every time you hold yourself back, you hold everyone else back. And every time you get over yourself and you do something that you may be scared of, You are encouraging not just yourself, but you become a symbol of encouragement for everyone around you. And it will automatically give those around you the permission to grow beyond themselves as well. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the LifePurpose.com podcast. If you found this episode valuable, share it with someone that you know needs to hear this. And until next time on the LifePurpose.com podcast.